Welcome to the Shine Bright Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Castell. My hope is that this podcast will be a place to encourage women to shine their lights brightly and authentically by unapologetically being who God called us to be. You can expect to hear me talk about things like Jesus, how ghetto adulting is, finances, dating, therapy, and honestly, everything in between. My prayer is that each episode you will walk away feeling encouraged, inspired, and seen. Let's get into today's episode. Happy Wednesday, beautiful people. (laughs) I hope you're having a great week um, and doing all the things that make your heart happy and forget that we're in a pandemic. I personally have found that having painted nails makes me feel a sense of normalcy and they make me happy when I look down and my nails look all cute. So that has been one thing that I've been trying to maintain right now. They look busted right now, but that's neither here nor there. Um, When they look nice, it makes me feel like life is all right. So um, I got a lot of feedback from last week's episode about my mommy issues And I'm so glad that that episode was helpful and made a lot of you guys feel seen. Um, I'm surprised every week um, as I continue to see the numbers of this podcast grow. So I want to thank you guys so much for rocking with me. Please don't forget to rate this podcast wherever you're listening so that people can find this podcast um, and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Okay. How is your heart, sis? Heart check one, two, one, two. I think I started saying that last week, and I think I might change the jingle to include that because I really like that. But all right, time for a how is your heart check in. So I will start. This week, I have had to examine my heart. One of my devotions this week really just snatched all of my spiritual edges. And um, yeah, it talked about idols, and I felt really convicted. It said, when God seems unapproachable, unavailable, or far away, we are tempted to make our own idols, to depend on our own resources to make our life work. And it talks about how the Israelites got anxious when Moses was gone for too long after he went up to the mountain to talk to God. And they decided to make their own idols just in case, like as a backup plan, just in case he didn't show up, in case Moses didn't come back. They were like, we don't really know what's going on here. So we are going to create a backup plan, which were these idols for them to worship. And the devotion said in the Old Testament, people sometimes kept small idols of the local deities from their nations back home, just in case the Lord didn't show up. They were kind of like a second tier insurance policy. And I think right now in this season of all of this uncertainty, it's really easy to start to build up idols in our heart, whether we know it or not, because we feel like there's so many things that are outside of our control right now. And it's easy to want to be like, all right, God, I don't really know what you're doing right now. So we start pursuing other things. And so I know I have felt guilty of that this week. I think with everything going on, people losing jobs, it's easy to kind of go into this frantic um, frenzy where it's like, okay, if I lose my job, then what am I going to do? If, if God doesn't show up for us, single people, that's like, all right, God, like outside is closed. So how am I going to find my husband now? I think it's really easy to create idols in this, in our hearts, um, during this time. So that's kind of how my heart is. My heart is under examination for where I might be, um, trying to replace God on the throne of my heart. So now it's time for you to check in. How is your heart, sis? Where 
are you maybe tempted to build idols in your heart this week that you need to lay at the feet of Jesus and remember that he is in control of all this? So now it's time for you to check in. How's your heart, sis? So last week I talked a little bit about my therapy journey and how it helped me navigate um, some of my emotional baggage from my childhood, from my parents' divorce, and even with my relationship with my mom. And I was very transparent about my journey and going through therapy on social media. I would post a picture every Tuesday with the hashtag Therapy Tuesdays, or maybe it was Thursday. I can't remember. Uh, But I purposely did that because I think that there's a very negative stigma around therapy, especially in the Black community. And I wanted to just silently show people that there is nothing wrong with going to therapy. I wanted to normalize it. And I used to listen to, and I still do, uh, the My Taught You podcast by Myleek. She's the founder of Curlbox. And she is a Black woman who often talks about her therapy journey and the things that she has unpacked and the ways that it's helped her. Um, And it was very inspiring for me. And so today I want to be transparent with my journey or about my journey, um, answer some questions that I often get about therapy. And yeah, I put a poll up on Instagram on Saturday to ask some of you guys questions that you have about the therapy journey. I got some great questions. So I'm going to start with just answering some of those. Question number one is, what made you want to go to therapy and were you nervous about it? So what made me want to go to therapy? So I moved to Indiana in January of 2018. And I felt from the time that I got to Indiana, if I'm honest, I felt like God was going to do some heavy spiritual unpacking in my heart and in my life. I was moving out there by myself. I didn't have any friends or family within 12 drivable hours. And it was just going to be me and God. And I knew that God typically used these seasons of isolation or quiet to really just get my attention and to help me focus on the things that I had either been avoiding or maybe didn't have the time to see. And I knew this because when I was an undergrad, my sophomore year, I had an internship um, in St. Louis. And for that entire summer, it was kind of like the same thing that happened. Like I was out there all alone. It was no one but me, myself, and Jesus. And it, it ended up being such a sweet season of just me and Jesus and unpacking and really just um, like a I guess I want to call it like a spiritual awakening, I think. And I don't know, that sounds a little new world-ish when people say spiritual awakening, but it was really just a time for Jesus to get my attention, to say, hey, these are some areas that I've been trying to get you to focus on, so I need you to focus on them. And for me, I knew that that was going to happen in Indiana. But to answer the question, I what led me to therapy, so I actually started my therapy journey twice in Indiana because my first therapist wasn't a good fit. And we'll talk about finding a good therapist in a few because I got a lot of questions about that as well. But I was really having a hard time adjusting in Indiana. And I have said this on this podcast many times, but I moved there in the dead of winter and there isn't really a big cold culture there, meaning like when it's cold, people aren't like outside and like still doing outdoor activities. Like no, when it's cold, you're inside. So I was having trouble meeting people and making friends because there was no one outside. And I was just having a really hard time with my transition. So I decided to find a therapist to help me understand why I was having such a hard time because to be honest, I had always viewed myself as an easily adaptable person who really didn't need much to thrive in new situations. 
like I went to two different elementary schools, two different middle schools, two different high schools. I went to college seven hours away from home. I had an internship in St. Louis. I just, I have been in so many new and different environments, situations in my life. And I didn't understand why. And I just, I've been able to adapt to them very well. And I didn't understand why I was not adapting the way that I thought that I would in Indiana. So that's why I sought out a therapist and wanted to kind of start that journey a little bit. Question number two, what type of therapist were you looking for and why? For me, I was very specifically looking for a black female therapist that was older than me, but not too much older than me who was ideally married, had children, and was seemingly happy. So I wanted her, I know it's very specific. I'll break it down. So I wanted her to be older because I wanted to know that she had some life experiences. I didn't want her to be like fresh out of school because like then she would have been just like a couple years older than me. And I mean, sure, could could someone my age be helpful? Maybe, but I wanted somebody with more life experience. But I didn't want her to be too much older because I wanted her to still be relatable for me. Like, I didn't want her to be like, like past 50, no shade anybody that's 50, but I wanted her to remember like what it's like being fresh out of college and, and being single. Like I wanted somebody that was closer to that season of my life. Um, but I did want her to be a mom and a wife because I knew that I wanted to ask her questions about dating, marriage, and parenting. So yeah, those were basically the things that I was looking for. And for me as a black female, it was important to find a therapist that could relate to my experience as a black woman. So that was very important to me as well. Question number three, how did you go about searching for a therapist? Great question. I personally use psychologytoday.com. It's a great website that is basically like a therapist directory. And I liked it because it allowed you to search for exactly what you were looking for. So you can search uh, by location, by what issues they specialize in, like depression, anxiety, trauma, et cetera. Um, And you could basically search for exactly what you want. You can see what type of healthcare professional they are. For example, if you want a clinical therapist or a psychiatrist or a counselor, social worker, et cetera, you can see all of that. You can see their credentials. So where they went to school, you can see their treatment approach. I personally, um, my therapist is a cognitive behavioral therapist, which I really liked. You can even see a range of like what they charge and if and what insurances that they take. And you can also see a picture, a picture of them as well. So if you have a gender or ethnic or even age preference like I did, you can kind of gauge f- that from the picture as well. And if you are a Black woman listening to this and specifically looking for a Black female therapist, I hear that therapyforblackgirls.com is a great resource as well that basically has a directory of Black female therapists, and I believe you can search by location, so you can put in your address and see what therapists pop up that are near you. They also have a podcast as well that I hear has some great tips. Um, Also with Psychology Today, so like I mentioned, you can see what kind of issues they specialize in and their treatment approach. So I'm sure some of you in my last response to what kind of therapist I was looking for were a little bit surprised that I didn't say necessarily a Christian therapist. And I think just because a therapist does not have Christian on their website or or they don't advertise themselves as a Christian therapist, there are a lot of therapists that still that are Christian, right? And maybe they pr- did not um, practice uh, or go to school for Christian therapy, but they are therapists that interweave Christianity into their therapy. 
I hope that makes sense. But for me, I was able to see my therapist that she did have um, a Christian background. And so that was important. And that's why I like psychology today, because you can really just peruse and it's almost like reading their resume and get a feel for if they would be a good fit for you. Question number four, what drew you to your therapist and how did you know she was the one? Like I said in the beginning, my first therapist wasn't a good switch and I did have to switch her. And honestly, let me just let you know this right now, that finding a good therapist is like finding a good man. Like you might have to date a little bit until you find one. You might have to try a couple. It might not be a match made in heaven the first go around, but don't give up. So my first therapist, she was not incredibly organized. Her room for sessions was also her office. So she had a ton of paperwork everywhere and it was a little bit cluttered. And honestly, the clutter would stress me out. And the couch was facing her, like her desk. So as I'm sitting there talking to her about my problems, I would just be looking at all of her papers like, oh my gosh, please organize this. <laughs> um, but she was also, a th- so aside from the lack of organization, she was also a therapist that listened more than she gave advice or tried to help me work through things, which I realized I didn't really need. I like to think I'm a pretty introspective person. And so I didn't need someone to just listen to me talk about my past hurts and traumas. I really needed someone who was going to help me identify patterns and teach me skills and help me work through some of my baggage. And that is what I loved about my second therapist. She wasn't just sitting there blinking at me. She would actually interject and it was more of a conversation. She was also very warm and her office had plants and a bunch of warm colors on the walls and nice art and coffee and hot water and chocolate and little things on the table that you could play with um, if you're a little stressed out. And I just felt like it was a place where I could relax and be calm. So what drew me to my therapist was that she didn't just listen. She also like helped me identify things that I should work on and ways to work on them. And it just was like an environment that when I was in her room, I felt like, huh, this this feels good. Question number five, how do you know if you should change a therapist? Well, this kind of goes into my last response, but I think you should go into therapy with some goals of what you want to get out of it, or at least some things that you want to work through. Like I knew that I wanted to work through my family stuff, my past relationship stuff, and the why I was having a hard time in indie stuff. And so I would say it's time to change your therapist when you don't feel like they are helping you achieve your goals. I would also say if you don't feel like you're growing or changing, I saw my first therapist for months and I did not feel like I was making any progress. I didn't leave the sessions feeling any different than when I walked in and I wasn't learning any new skill sets or learning anything new about myself. But with my new therapist, my second therapist, I had several breakthroughs within like two or three sessions with my new therapist. And I would leave like every session like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing ever. So if things aren't working out with a therapist, don't be afraid to see other therapists and to test the waters. I didn't know my second therapist was what I needed until I found her. So don't be afraid to shop around. Don't be afraid to Uh, what I did, I called, I looked for like maybe three or four therapists on um, psychologytoday.com. I called maybe like those three or four and I got a feel for, okay, how do they sound on the phone? What are they engaging? Are they talking too fast? And then I went to go see them 
And you can set up multiple appointments with different therapists just to try it out. Think of it like therapy speed dating. And you, just like regular dating, you will find the things that you like and that you don't like the more that you date. So with finding a therapist, you will find the things that you like and that you don't like as you try different therapists. (laughs) So I'll tell you guys a quick funny story about a horrible therapist fit. Um, So when I moved back to Jersey in January, I started a journey to find a therapist here because I wanted to, you know, keep the progress going for my past therapist. So I found this therapist that, and I knew immediately that it was not going to work. Like it was not my cup of tea. (laughs) This person was like what people who don't want to go to therapy think therapists are like. (laughs) You know, those people that are like, no, I don't want somebody that's all my business. And that just wants to psychoanalyze me and ask me all these questions. Yeah, this therapist was just like that. He, and yes, I say he this time, you know, I was trying something new, but he had asked me a question about something and it was a really good question. And so I was like, Hmm, that's a good question. And I said that out loud in response to his question. And he was like, well, tell me why that's a good question. And I'm like, um, because I like the question, like what kind of question is that, sir? Like, there's nothing more there to uncover with me just saying it's a good question. And so I knew that that was going to be a dub immediately. Question number six, what was the first session like? Was it awkward? Okay. So I'll say this, you are going to talk to a stranger for the first time about your deepest, darkest personal secrets. So, I mean, listen, (laughs) It might be a little awkward. I'm not even going to lie to you, but a good therapist will try to make you as comfortable as possible and keep the conversation flowing. But there might be some awkward silences, but I think your ability to push through the awkwardness is just a good life skill in general. There will always be awkward moments, and I think it's just a good skill to learn how to push through the awkwardness. But for me, my first session was fine. I'm in a field where I talk to strangers all day. So that part wasn't awkward for me at all. But I will say the first session, I was definitely looking for my therapist to guide more than she did. So I knew from there that I I should proactively come to therapy with the things that I wanted to discuss in that session. So I basically provided the structure and she helped me think through and that worked out well. So I would say, you know, maybe your first session come with some questions, just in case your therapist isn't as much of a guider. Some therapists are are more like they let you talk and you decide the structure. Of course, you will feel your therapist out and you'll find out what works best for them. But I would say if you're worried about things being awkward the first session, come with maybe like two or three questions to talk about or at least two or three things to unpack in that first session. And then take it from there. But don't be afraid to talk to your therapist about the format. Um, My therapist was always looking for me to start talking. And and I am just not one of those people. I mean, I do like to talk, but I wait for you to ask me a question to prompt. So we would come and we would just sit for the first like couple of seconds. And I'd be like, just looking at her and she'd be like, okay, I forgot. I have to ask you questions. How was your day? And I'm like, oh, and then I would go. So It's like a relationship. You guys will learn the things that will work for you guys. And yeah, but if you're worried about things being awkward, just bring some questions. Question number seven, how much did each session cost? That's another great question. Uh, I will not lie and 
to you and say that therapy is cheap. It's definitely an investment. And the more education a therapist has, the more expensive they're going to be. So if you're going to a psychiatrist, which is basically a therapist that can prescribe medication, they can be in the high hundreds without in, if you're not going through insurance. Um, a regular clinical therapist, depending on where you are and how long they've been practicing, uh, can be anywhere between like 60 and 180 or even higher per session. Again, if you're not going through insurance. But if you do have insurance and you go through your insurance, it will be whatever your copay is. Um, so I definitely recommend if you have insurance and you're able to go through it, definitely do that. If not, a lot of therapists do offer like a sliding scale, uh, payment uh, scale kind of thing. And I would just have that conversation with your therapist, um, because some therapists are able to work with you. So don't let cost be the thing that deters you. Um, but like I said, therapy is, it, it's not cheap and it can be a significant investment, especially if you are paying out of pocket. And I know that there are some cheaper app options where you can text a therapist or like video chat with them. That's a little bit cheaper. So if you want to go to therapy or you want to talk to a therapist, but maybe right now that's not in your budget, I would definitely explore some of the other um, cheaper app options and or reach out to a therapist and see what their sliding scale payment opportunity could be. Question number nine, any tips or advice for somebody wanting to go to therapy? Great question. So therapy is amazing. And honestly, I think aside from accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior, it's been one of the best decisions I have ever made. And honestly, the biggest investment that I've made in myself, especially in my, my 20s. But I will tell you guys right now, it is not easy. Um, because once you unpack those things, those emotional traumas, those toxic patterns and behaviors, you have to actually do something with those things. So it's like unpacking your suitcase after a trip. You take all the clothes out of the suitcase, but now you have to fold them. Now you got to put them away. You got to figure out which ones you want to keep and maybe the things that you are like, mm, this is no longer serving me to hold on to this. So therapy is not going to be a walk in the park. Let me just be very honest with you about that. It will be hard you might find out that you are the problem in some situations. Like I told you guys with the uh, the mommy issue thing last, last week's episode, it was kind of like, oh, I had not considered that. You know, you will be challenged. It will be emotional, especially if you have gone through traumatic things in your past. But I don't think it's something to be afraid of. Like your therapist is a good therapist, is not just trying to pull out your dirty laundry to like shame you or embarrass you. It's to basically say like, hey, how can we help work through these things? And I understand that that can be scary and that can be emotional, but I think you'll be a better person for it. So that basically just know that therapy is not going to be a walk in the park, but through all of all of the tears that I cried, um, all of the frustrations and trying to like untangle uh, a lot of emotional stuff, I think it has made me such a better person. Uh, my other tip would be to journal after every session. If you are a journaler, I am. Uh, this was something that I did because I was seeing my therapist weekly and I knew that things were going to be moving fast. I didn't want to forget things. So I wanted to capture in real time my real feelings while I was still feeling them after each session. And it's been pretty cool because I'm not currently in therapy right now, not because I don't want to be, but 
I just moved to Jersey and I'm still looking for a therapist that fits. And so for me, I've been able to like go back, like when certain, certain situations come up that trigger me in a certain way or I react in a certain way. Like I'll go back and read my therapy notes and I'm like, okay, wait, we talked about this. What, what did we unpack and, and what, what should I do moving forward? So it's just been a great way for me to document my uh, therapy process. Question number 10, what are some of the biggest things that you learned about yourself in therapy? Oh, my favorite question. And I actually think I'm going to have to wait until next week to answer this question. I think this is going to be next week's topic because this episode is already like 25 minutes and the answer to this question can honestly be a whole episode on its own. So thank you for giving me next week's topic, sis. I I can't wait to like unpack that with you guys next week because there's so much that I learned about myself and there's so much that like so many behaviors and so many patterns and um yeah just things that you think are normal and then you're like oh wait a minute like hmm maybe I need to address that. So I learned a ton and I'm excited to share with you guys next week some of uh that journey. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for uh, submitting your questions. This is a fun episode. I love talking about therapy. Um, Definitely go to therapy if there's no takeaway from this. I hope that is your takeaway. Go to therapy. Don't be afraid. It's going to be hard work, but it's going to be very rewarding work. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Don't forget to rate this. Follow the podcast on Instagram at shinebrightpodcast.com. You can follow me at Brianna Castell and don't be afraid to send me an email at shinebrightpodcast at gmail if you have any questions or even any feedback on today's episode. Hope you guys have a wonderful week and don't forget to shine bright on purpose. Bye guys.